Welcome to episode 30 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Video Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us today. We're glad to have you as a part of our podcast. If you've not already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so that you'll get notifications when we post one. Uh, we encourage you to invite friends and uh, neighbors, uh, co-workers to tune in as well. Uh, we ca- you can catch us live each Wednesday at noon. Uh, if you don't catch us live, you can always go back and listen to it later on at your favorite podcast source. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. I've got, I'm sorry, I've, I've got, uh, I had to pause for a minute. I had my sound on on my laptop, and I was getting some feedback on that. It took me a minute to realize where it was coming from. Uh, we are in our podcast uh, for this uh, month of February. This is February the 1st. It's amazing to me. We're already into February for this year. Uh, we are going to go deeper each week through February with the message series that we're doing here at Lakeshore on Sunday mornings. We started it on January the 1st. It's called I Resolve. And we started out the first week with the resolve to follow Jesus. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. And the best resolution any of us can make is that we're going to surrender our own lives to Jesus as Lord, and we're going to follow after him. But over the next several weeks, what we've been looking at is how do you live that out? What, what does it look like to be a Christ follower, to follow Jesus as our rabbi, as our teacher, and we become his disciple? So the next week, we talked about part of what that looks like by having the right attitude. Uh, the attitude of Jesus is that of a servant's heart, uh, of putting others ahead of himself. And then we looked at how we need to resolve to attend consistently the assemblies of the church. The church is the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. And he, he encourages us in his word not to forsake the assemblings of the church. So we need to attend consistently. And then we looked at the resolve to study faithfully God's word. Uh, that's our source of information of what, it, what Jesus has taught us about living out the life that he wants us to have. And this past Sunday, we talked about the resolve to serve willingly. We have some amazing servants here at Lakeshore, and I'm so thankful for all of our staff and volunteers that served so well. Uh, I wanted to go back and go a little bit deeper into that. In Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 8, it says this, It's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So the service we're talking about here is not trying to earn our salvation. It's got nothing to do with with accomplishing something that gets us into heaven. Jesus has already done the only thing that could uh, allow us to be in the presence of God by paying for our sins on the cross. And when we accept that gift of salvation from him, uh, we are cleansed by his blood, the sacrifice that he made. That allows us then to be cleansed and be in the presence of a holy God. But he does go on to say this in verse 10. We are God's handiwork. Some translations say masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There is a a purpose behind us being here as followers of Jesus. And we are to live out then the lifestyle of a disciple. And part of that lifestyle includes doing the good things that God prepared in advance for us to do. I I just love that concept that an eternal God, the God that created everything and formed us, knit us together in our mother's womb, he prepared in advance good stuff he wanted us to be doing while we're here. 
uh, it's an amazing concept to me that he has that that personal connection uh, and insight and knowledge to how we're going to be gifted, how we're going to be wired, our personalities, our our uh, ability to have opportunities to get training and experience. He knows all of that about us. And so he knows how we can best fit into the work of the kingdom and be used by him for his glory and for his honor. And his plan is for all of us to be a part of that. And he goes on in Ephesians to talk more about how that is is, uh, accomplished in the church. So in verse 11 of chapter 4, he says this, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the uh, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So God gifts some of us to be these teachers, these leaders, and the main role of those who teach in the church is to teach in such a way as to equip the, uh, the members of the church, those who make up the church, equip all of us to do the work that God prepared for us in advance to do. So the, the leaders are, are working because they're doing what God's called them to do, but their work is primarily to also prepare and equip others to do their work. He says in verse 14, then here's the outcome of that. We'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect a mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We're all those parts that come together in the body of Christ. We all know the the concept the body's made up of many parts. They're all different. They function in different ways. But if any part of the body ceases to function properly, it causes a problem for the whole body. But when all the parts are functioning well, doing what they're designed to do, made to do, then the body functions at its best. And the church being the body of Christ, we want it to function at its best. That's what God wants for the church. It's what he wants for us. And so when we do our part, when we're all serving the way God has called us to serve, using our gifts, our abilities, our resources, our time and talents, the way God wants us to, it benefits the whole body of Christ. You see, this this discipleship life, it's not all about us. It's about Christ. It's about his church. It's about his body, his bride. And we want to do our part to make that the healthiest body it could possibly be. This next Sunday, we're going to be talking about another, another part of that, which is how we need to resolve to support the work of the church willingly, not resentfully, not, not with a, a bad attitude, but to actually take joy and uh, have fun with this idea that God can bless us with the ability to give back and make a difference in supporting the work of the body of Christ. One of my favorite uh, examples of this and teachings of this is found from the Apostle Paul as he was writing to the church at Corinth. And and in 2 Corinthians, he's talking to them about something he had already mentioned to them in the first letter he sent to them, which is they're collecting an offering to help out the saints in Jerusalem who are suffering because of their decision to follow Jesus. You see, when these Jewish individuals and families decided to follow after Jesus, Many of them faced uh, families that would cut them off, 
Uh, many of them would lose jobs because of their conversion to Christianity. Uh, sometimes they would already, even in the early church, start facing persecution for their faith. And so they were losing livelihoods. They were, they were having a, a trouble feeding their families and, and taking care of their needs. So Paul had set out to rally all the churches together to bring, to bring this offering together to help out their brothers and sisters in Christ there in Jerusalem. And the church at Corinth had said, yeah, we'll do that. We'll help out. You know, we all like to help out and do good projects and do good work. But to this point, when he writes the second letter, they've not yet really followed through on what they said they were going to be doing. And I, and I know what it's like. We all can think of reasons and excuses why I intended to do this, but, you know, this came up or that came up. Uh, we see it all the time. As a pastor, I see and hear it all the time in the church where, yeah, I know I need to support the church and, and really help out, and, and I plan to, and I'm going to, but right now we've got this going on or that going on. You know, the car broke down, uh, the house payment went up, the rent went up, or uh, I've got a kid in college now. You know, there's all these reasons, all these excuses as to why we might not be able to do that. But my favorite response to that is one that Paul gave to the church in Corinth. It's found in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. He says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Now, Macedonia is a province in that area that had uh, several different congregations located within that province. But certain things were going on in the province of Macedonia that were making life really hard, really difficult. And the main thing was this famine that had really hit that area hard. And the churches there were feeling the effects of trying to survive and get through that famine. But listen, he uses them as an example to the church at Corinth that wasn't going through the famine, uh, that was much better off financially. He said, I want you to know about what's going on with the churches in Macedonia. Verse 2, he says, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Now, he's just said a lot of things there that don't seem to go together. Listen to it again. In the midst of a very severe trial, okay, think about going through a really hard thing, but he connects that with their overflowing joy. Isn't that amazing? They're going through severe trial, but they're still having overflowing joy at the same time. And then he says, and their extreme poverty when you think of extreme poverty, you certainly don't think of generosity. But that's exactly the connection he makes. Uh, he says, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. How in the world are these Christians able, in the middle of the trials they're facing, the poverty, the famine, the struggles that they have, having such joy and such rich generosity? Listen, he goes on to tell what they've done. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. How do you give beyond your ability? How do you give beyond what you can see should be your ability to give? Well, he describes it more. He says, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Paul's indicating to us that he was thinking the way most of us think, or they're going through a hard time right now. We shouldn't even ask them to be part of this. We shouldn't even, you know, make them feel pressured to give in any way. And not only did they not feel pressured, even though they didn't get asked, they're the ones that took the initiative and asked Paul to please let them be a part of this. They wanted to give too. 
That's amazing. And he says, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. How do you do that? How do you exceed what most people would say would be reasonable or expected of you in this area of generosity, of giving, of, of resolving to, to support the work of the church with a, a great willing attitude? Well, it says, here's what they did. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then, by the will of God, also to us. So he's saying to the church at Corinth, I, I want you to know these, these Christians, they got it. They understood. They, they gave themselves first to the Lord. When you give yourself to the Lord, it means everything about you, your whole life. It means you're giving up your own life to live the life he's calling you to live. And that's a life of generosity. God is not asking us to do anything at all that he hasn't already been willing to do for us. God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave sacrificially. He gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And if we're going to grow up to be like him, Jesus was the fulfillment of that. If we're going to grow up to be like Jesus, who emptied himself of equality with God, clothed himself in the flesh, and became a servant obedient to the point of death, he gave his life on the cross. If we're going to grow up to be like Jesus, we're going to be generous people. Of course, we can only give from what we have, and God knows that. And so God's the provider, but he wants to trust us with what he provides us with so that we will be generous. And one of the ways... He's called us to be generous in his word, is to support the work of the church with a willing, gracious, joyful attitude. The early church, when we read about them in the book of Acts, they were amazing in their generosity to take care of things. Some of them would sell property that they had that they could sell. They were able to, to bring their offerings to the feet of the apostles and be used for the work in the ministry that, that the church needed to have the support for as they were getting started. Well, that's been God's plan all along, and that's still his plan today for how the church is supported and does the work that God has called us to do. I hope that you can be here this Sunday. We're going to look at that a little bit more in different ways that we live that out and examples and teachings about that in Scripture. So you can join us at either campus this Sunday, of course. Uh, Smyrna campus is at 10 o'clock. Our Antioch campus is at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, and we have our live stream at 9 o'clock as well. We hope that you can join us there. Before we go today, I wanted to remind you of a few things that we've got coming up here at Lakeshore. Uh, this coming Sunday, we have a brand new Bible study starting up called Basic Christian Doctrines. It's going to be down at the Smyrna campus on Sunday nights at 6.30. This is just a study of basic beliefs in the New Testament. And if you haven't been through this, it's a great foundation for your faith, for your walk and following Jesus. Uh, go ahead and sign up for that. You can go to our website, lakeshorechristian.com. Click on that graphic that says Basic Christian Doctrines Bible Study. It'll take you to that form, and you can get signed up there. We'd love for you to be a part of that study. Then the next Sunday, we've got a couple of fun things going on. We have a baby dedication. So we're going to offer that at all of our services on Sunday, February the 12th. We need you to register in advance for that. If you've had an addition to your family, we love celebrating this with our families here at Lakeshore. But we want to know when you're going to be here, which campus you're going to be at. So please register for that in advance. And again, you could do that on our website. But also, if you're at one of our campuses, you can do that on our kiosk. Just click on that baby dedication graphic and get signed up there. 
And that same Sunday, February the 12th, we're getting close to Valentine's Day. We're going to have a Valentine photo station set up at both campuses. So plan to to dress like you would want to dress to get yourself a good, beautiful Valentine photo done that day. Uh, it'll be something that uh, is it's just a fun way to remember Valentine's Day with uh, whoever you're with at the service that day or just take one of yourself if you'd like. We, we love having fun with that. Coming up on Sunday, February the 26th, we have a welcome lunch. Uh, that's for people that are new to Lakeshore. Uh, if you've not attended one yet, we want you to sign up for and attend a welcome lunch. When you go to register for that, you'll have options to pick from on what lunch option you want to have. We'll provide lunch for you. It'll be no cost for that. And then we also have the option if you need child care during that the welcome lunch, we, we can provide that for you. But we need you again to register uh, so that we know how many to plan for and what lunch you are going to be having that day. Uh, so go again to the website, lakeshorechristian.com, or you can sign up on the kiosk at either campus. Again, I will remind you, we'd love for you to continue to be a subscriber to our podcast. If you're not already, click that subscribe button, click that notification bell. We want you to stay connected with us. Let's continue to connect, grow, and serve together here at Lakeshore Christian Church. Thanks for joining us today.